We are going to talk today about splinters and logs, pigs and pearls. Okay, should be a good morning, don't you think? Yeah. We're going to start by uh, looking at uh, the most quoted verse in our culture today. Okay, think about it. What do you think is the most well-known verse in the Bible in our culture? Okay, once upon a time, this was the most quoted verse. John 3.16, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay? Well, certainly that's still the most quoted verse. Not. <laughs> most quoted verse today, Matthew 7, verse 1. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Or, how it's best known, King James Version, judge not, lest ye be judged. By far, the most known and quoted verse today. Um, this is actually one of the most misquoted and misunderstood verses in all of the New Testament. Uh, the Princess Bride, anybody familiar with that movie? Princess Bride, okay. Okay, uh, popular 80s movie, still popular today. Main character, Inigo Montoya, says, you keep using that word, I don't think it means what you think it means. And I think if uh, Jesus were to talk to people quoting Matthew 7, 1, judge not lest ye be judged, I think Jesus would say, I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> We're going to dig in today and see exactly what Jesus is saying regarding judging and what judge not lest ye be judged actually means. We're about two-thirds of the way through our series entitled Flipped. Jesus turns upside down how we normally view life. And he gives us clear instruction how we are to thrive in a fallen, sinful world. Now, just need to warn you, Jesus is coming after Jesus' followers today. This is primarily aimed at people who know and seek to follow and do it the right way, Jesus' way. He's going to talk today about the danger of hypocrisy as we live out our faith, okay? where we raise the standard on everybody else, and then we lower the standard for the person in the mirror. You understand how that works? We, we like to raise the standard for you, but I want to lower the standard for me. Would you please stand if you're able? We're going to read uh, about Jesus and splinters and logs and pigs and pearls, verses 1 to 6. Would you, would you read with me? Here we go. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, 
then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Let's pray together. Lord, these are well-known verses, and we need your help today to understand exactly what it is you're trying to communicate. So would you help us, Lord, to dig in? Thank you that we get to worship your Son, Jesus Christ, together today. Thank you for allowing us to worship him in song. And Lord, I'm praying that you'll help us as we worship Jesus, as we dig into his words found here in Matthew 7. We invite your spirit now to come. We welcome you today in your church. Uh, we welcome you today in our specific personal lives right now. Would you come and speak? We're ready to hear from you. We're ready to listen. I, I want to pause for just a moment. I want to pray for those watching online. I want to pray for those who are here in person, Lord. Some right here today are right in the middle of a really difficult season. Some are, are hurting in, in pain. Some, Lord, are even under attack. And I'm asking, Lord, that your resurrection power might rain down on my friends who need your presence, your peace, all the good things that only you can bring us. So we, we're asking the same power, Romans 8, that, that raised Jesus from the dead. Lord, we're asking that power might be present and alive here today. We love you. It's good to be together. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, Amen. you can be seated. If unchurched Harry and Mary were to describe Jesus' followers today, one word, judgmental. They, they look at us and they say, you folks are judgy. Um, that's not just a guess. There was a book uh, entitled Unchristian by David Kinneman and Gabe Lyons, and they asked young people what they thought of Christians, okay? Track with me for a minute, okay? These are people outside of the church, and the number one answer, by far, 87% of young people outside the church, one word describing Christians, judgmental. 87%. That's, that's how they view us, okay? So just so you know, when you're with a young person and they're outside of the faith, uh, they're not church, they don't follow Jesus, when you tell them, oh yeah, I I'm a Jesus follower, first thing they're thinking about us, thinking about you, oh, you're one of those judges. You're one of those people who judges others. Now, I wish, I, I would prefer that unchurched people looked at us and said, loving. Wouldn't it be great if the first word that came to caring, generous, understanding, that's not where it's at. 87% of them are looking at us, Henry, and going, judgy, 
That, that's who they are. That's, that's what I think of them, okay? Uh, they look at us as a bunch of rule-keeping legalists uh, who hate sinners um, and are secretly pretty glad that they're lost and going to hell because that's what they've experienced from us, okay? Jesus is addressing this tendency in us to be judgmental, okay? So, unchurched people don't like that in us, and bluntly, Jesus doesn't like it either. That's why he gives us this warning here, okay? So, this is really instructions to the family here today. This isn't aimed at outsiders. This is aimed at us. Verse 1, what does Jesus mean when he says, do not judge others, and you'll not be judged. Judge not, lest ye be judged, okay? First of all, um, let's get clear what this doesn't mean. Jesus is not here commanding his followers, as uh, D.A. Carson uh, says. He, he's not commanding us to be undiscerning blobs who never under any circumstance hold an opinion about what's right and wrong. That's not what he's saying, okay? Matter of fact, let me just give you a real fast, uh, rapid-fire style. Uh, the New Testament is filled with instructions for Jesus' followers to make wise judgments, okay? So, all over the New Testament, uh, 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, hand this man over to Satan. That's a judgment. Philippians 3.2, watch out for false teachers. Got to make judgments. Galatians 5.12, be on guard against those who do evil. 1 John 4.1, test the spirits and see if this teacher is from God. You got to make a judgment, okay? Jesus himself, look at verse 6, we discern, we make a judgment. Is this person a, a pig or a dog or an unbeliever? Uh, slide down Matthew 7, verse 15. Judge whether this person is a genuine sheep, a follower of Jesus, or if they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, slide down Matthew 7, verses 17 to 20. You're going to have to make a judgment. Is this good fruit or is this bad fruit. Got to make a discerning judgment. Uh, John chapter 7 and verse 24, Jesus says right out, make right, proper judgments. So what exactly is going on here? Go back to verse 1. The word judge can mean many different things in the Greek. It can mean to judge and to discern. It can mean to judge judiciously or wisely. It can mean to be judgmental. It can also mean to condemn, okay? In this context, 7-1, judge means don't be judgmental, okay? Don't adopt a critical spirit, especially towards those outside the faith. Do not develop a condemning attitude toward those in the family, Okay? It's easy to get a critical, condemning, judgmental attitude stuck in your brain. Get rid of that. Same Greek word is used in Romans 14.10. 
So why do you condemn another believer? Same word. Why do you look down on another believer? So in context, primarily, give me your eyes. Jesus is primarily talking. It starts here in the family. Don't be judgy on one another here in the church family, okay? Why are you looking down on other Jesus followers? Why are you being so critical? Why are you condemning? Why are you thinking I'm better than you? That's poison. You get stronger. That's hypocrisy, okay? That's especially true with a critical spirit that winds up in our mouth and shows itself in gossip, okay? You need to understand, again, what I'm about to tell you is strictly true. It really is. And, and, but the problem is, even though it might be true, the reason you share isn't to build up. Any guesses? What is it? It's to tear down. Uh, there's no real uh, desire to instill discernment. Gossip puffs itself up. I want you to hear me, I want you to think better of me, and I want to put down the person I'm talking about. That's the idea of judgment. Jesus is saying, I don't want that going on in my church. Jesus is challenging us here, quit being judgmental, or you too will be judged. That, that's the idea. If you keep being judgy, and critical, and condemning, and gossipy, that's how you're going to be judged. Look at verse 2. We move on. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Got the old tape measure here, Henry? Okay. And he's saying, I just want you to know Here's the standard, and whatever standard you use, please understand it's got a boomerang effect. It's going to come right back on you. So whatever standard you're using to judge, okay, then that will be used against you. It will be the standard that will be used upon you. What goes around, what is it? So be sure, Christian, you apply a fair and proper and accurate standard as you start to extend judgment on others, okay? Again, Jesus is not telling us here, never judge. That's not his point. He's not telling us never judge or make judgments at all for any reason. Give me your eyes. Jesus is teaching us here how to judge. You understand? He's teaching us how to judge, and he says, I want you to judge accurately, fairly, and oh, by the way, do it in such a way that it will be accurate on the person you're judging and accurate when it comes back on you. Beware, it's going to come back on you, okay? Watch out, uh, you've got that judgmental, condemning, critical spirit on other believers be careful when you're looking down. They've got obvious sin going on. Maybe they're a prostitute. Maybe they're an adulterer. Maybe they're uh, struggling with addiction. That's fairly easy to judge them. But then you better overlook my struggles with my mouth, 
my struggles with my lust. You understand? Be careful because I want to judge you and your struggles, but, but don't look at mine. Now Jesus gives an illustration here, okay? What, what are you talking about, Jesus? What exactly uh, is, is that all about? Explain. So he gives us a picture of an eye problem that, frankly, we've all had. Okay? Verse 3. Here we go. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Just, just let that soak in. Why, why are you all worried about a speck in your brother or sister's eye when you've got a log stuck in your own eye? How many of you have had uh, an eyelash or a piece of uh, dust or, or a speck of sawdust caught in your eye. Anybody? It doesn't feel good. No, no. How soon do you want that out? Please get it out now. Help me, help me. You know, you go around sometimes and you say, would you help me? Would you help me get that out? It feels awful, okay? Now Jesus, look back at verse 3, goes and gives an extreme, absurd example, okay? Now, now here's, here's what he says. Um, I've been watching, and I'm pretty sure, Chad, that you have something stuck in your eye, and, and I am now going to come, and I'm going to help you get your eye condition under order, okay? And, and right now, with, with this log stuck in my eye, this board, how, how good of shape am I to get something out of Chad's eye? And the answer is, get back up there. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? you? You you can't do much of anything as long as you got the board stuck in your eye, okay? Uh, but I'm telling you, I'm much more concerned about the eyelash stuck in Chad's eye than the board stuck in mine. Isn't that amazing? Okay, uh, he's saying, quit being so concerned about what's going on speck-wise in your brother or sister's eye. Instead, you've got your own stuff to worry about. You, you've got your own stuff to deal with, okay? You've got your own flaws. You've got your own troubles. Be working on the log in your own eye. Fix that first before you move on and start looking anywhere else. That's the idea. What, what are you thinking? Get the log out of your own eye first, okay? Uh, make sure you judge you, judge the person in the mirror first, and then perhaps down the road, you can think about your neighbor's eye. Back to verse 4. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't get past the log in your own eye, okay? How on earth are we so concerned about our neighbor's specks, and yet we don't even think about the logs stuck in our own eye? How could that be, is what Jesus, how is that even possible? And the truth is, it's very possible. It happens all the time, okay? We love to run around and fix other people. 
I want to run around and I want to fix you because I'm pretty sure your eyes messed up um, and I haven't even messed with the log in my own eye yet, okay? Uh, this person smokes too much. Did you know that this person vapes? Oh no, I actually heard this person goes to the casino. Can you believe that? And this person, I actually heard um, they're in AA and they've been struggling for a long time. I can't believe it. And we just keep going and I'm all concerned about someone else who sins more publicly than I do. I'm way more concerned about your sin than I am about mine. All the while, I've got a mouth that's out of control. All the while, I've got anger issues that incinerate my family. All the while, I've got control issues, and I'm squeezing like a boa everybody around me. And I haven't even tried to deal with the worry and the anxiety and the anger that we talked about last week. I'm not even going there yet. Here's what Jesus thinks about that. Verse 5. Here's, you want to know how, what does Jesus think about that tendency? Here we go. Hypocrite. Want to say it with me? Hypocrite. It's kind of fun. Say it with me. Hypocrite. Yep. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. <laughs> then you'll see enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Again, he's talking about friends, family. Remember a couple weeks ago, Matthew chapter 6, we talked about giving and praying and fasting. Do you remember what he was really talking about? It wasn't giving and praying and fasting. He was really talking about hypocrisy. And that's, he's still talking where we put a mask on and act one way. And that's our outward appearance while I'm front of, front of others. And, and all the while, I'm ignoring what's really going on on the inside. So I, 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 I want you to think highly of me. I want you to think I'm holy and pious and religious. And I care more to pretend than what's really going on between me and Jesus. It's all, that's hypocrisy. And can I just say something? If you're sick and tired of Jesus followers acting and pretending and being hypocrites, can I tell you something? Give me your eyes. Jesus is even more tired of it. Jesus is even more, he's sick of unchurched people looking at us and 87% of them, first word, they think of us, judgmental, hypocrites, Okay? And here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Stop it. What are you doing, church? What are you doing, family? Uh, I, I love those people. And now you're, you're pretending and you're acting like you're the self-appointed Holy Spirit on everybody around you. Stop it when you got logs stuck in your own eye. Who, who do you think you are? You're just being a hypocrite. I really like this quote from a pastor that I was reading, Pastor Brent Kirchhoff. Here's what he says. How is it possible for a person to not see the glaring plank of wood coming out of one's own eye? How is that possible? We fail to look at ourselves. 
We're so interested in looking at the problems and the issues of others that we don't see the enormous failures and glaring shortcomings in our own lives. This is the very nature of self-righteousness. I want to look at you. I'm going to look you over close, but I don't want you looking at me. We condemn others but justify ourselves for the same activity. Ouch. Let me, uh, let me share with you what I, I see as a, a huge example of, I, I got a log in my eye, and, and I'm all worried about specks and others. And it's found back in the Old Testament. Um, it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, okay? You can turn back there if you want, but I'm just going to kind of summarize here. Um, King David was out looking out on his balcony. He sees... A beautiful woman, she's taking a bath, calls her up, seduces her, uh, and pretty soon she's pregnant by him. Recalls her husband Uriah from battle, uh, then he's not cooperating, won't go sleep with his wife, sends him back to war. What does he do? He arranges to have him slaughtered. So now David is guilty of adultery and murder. The Lord sends a prophet. Anybody remember his name? Nathan. And he says, I want you to go talk and get his attention. So Nathan confronts King David. Do you remember how he did it? He tells him a story. He says, there was this poor farmer. He had only one sheep and he loved that sheep. And then this rich farmer came and stole the only sheep. And then he ate that sheep up. Okay. He had lots of sheep, but he stole his neighbor's one sheep. Do you remember how David responded? He's, he's angry, he's incensed, he's, he's seething. That man should die, is what he says, okay? Nathan looks at David, and you remember what he says? You are the man. <laughs> David, you're the man that I just talked about, okay? Somehow... David had become so incredibly blind in his own sin, okay? David had this huge log of adultery and murder stuck in his eye, and that's all he couldn't see what was actually going on in his own life. And all he cared about was the speck of sawdust in the rich man's eye. You understand? He, he was all about, oh no, we got, we, that man should die. David, you are the man. <laughs> it's scary how quickly we go blind to our own sin. That's the truth. It's scary how quickly, I, I don't see sin in my own eye, but how quickly, I'm telling you, Glenn, how quickly I notice sin in your eye. Little speck. Even though I got the big plank sticking out of my eye. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care about the log in, in my eye. Okay? So what's the solution? Go back to verse 5. What, what's the solution? Take the log out of your own eye first. That's the solution. Get the log out of your own eye. Deal with your own stuff first. Then, and only then, it says, verse 5, will you be able to see accurately. 
okay? Because until you get the log out of your own eye, you're not seeing good, okay? There is a time when we can and we should help others when they're struggling with specks in their eyes, but that time is after. Give me your eyes. We've seen and repented of and confessed and corrected with the Lord's help what's going on in our own eyes first. Okay? Does that make sense? There, there is a time, okay? Jesus is describing here a Christian who's deeply aware of their own faults and weaknesses and failures. Okay? I've taken the time. I've looked in the mirror. I've looked in the mirror. By, by the way, the mirror for us is God's book. I've looked in the book, and I've seen my pride, and I've seen Jeff's self-sufficiency and my overinflated view of Jeff. So before I attempt to come and help Glenn with the speck in his eye, I need to look at Jeff's faults and weaknesses and failures. Okay? So do that first, and then what do you do? Galatians 6.1 is instruction. Here we go. Here's what Paul says to do. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So, who should go? Well, make sure you got the log out of your own eye first. But then those, it says, who are godly, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they're the only ones who should go. Okay. So until you're godly, full of the Spirit, and have the log out of your own eye, that's the only people who should go and help people with specks. In their own, in their eyes, okay? And how should it be done? Go back to Galatians 6.1. He says, here's how you should do it. Somebody's got some sin stuck in their eye. First of all, be gentle. How many of you want your eye doctor to be really rough and gruff? And No, no. I want a gentle eye doctor. Be gentle. Go in uh, with kind, caring, encouraging words. Don't be rough and condemning. Second, be humble. Okay, go in with a heart of humility, except for the grace of God. What's the rest of it? There go I. Yeah, that's your heart attitude. We're all prone to wander. Uh, Lord, now help me to help this person with sin stuck in their eye. And the third thing it says, be careful. Why? Because pride can puff you up. And pretty soon you're feeling, I, I never would have a problem with this. And we're feeling puffed up. And Satan and his army aren't happy when Christians get free of entangling, besetting sins. So you better be careful. When you're going in to help somebody with something in their eye, a sin problem, you better be careful, okay? Love the mercy that Jesus has shown you, shown me. Be slow to get angry at the sinner. Be excited for them to come running back to Jesus. Be slow to speak, quick to forgive, eager for peace between you and them and them and the Lord Jesus. Here's the main idea. Look at verse 5. Here it is. Always judge yourself first. Always 
Judge me. Before I start focusing on anybody else's issue, I'm going to judge me. And let me just tell you, a good place to start is search me, O God. Psalm 139, 23, 24. Know my heart. Try me, Savior. Look all over and see if there be some wicked way in me long before I start looking at anybody else. Verse 6. Now this is interesting. Because lots of commentators, lots of folks, this, this is so out, they look at this and they go, well, this can't really be a part of verses 1 to 5. Okay? Surely, he's starting a new thought here. And I would argue, no, um, the context here, the interpretation here, is leading off of verses 1 to 5. Okay? So he's, he's still continuing his thought here. Okay? And here's what he says. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They'll trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. You, under, you understand? They, they go, well, well, how does that apply to judging? And how, how, uh, okay? Here's, here's how it applies. This frees us from the idea that our job is to fix everybody, okay? Jesus followers, I'm just telling you, we love to fix people. We love to go around, and I think it's my job to fix every speck and every wrong. Um, and let me just remind you, give me your eyes, it's God's job to convict people of sin. It's God's job to soften hearts so that they'll be open to the leading and the instruction of his word and the leading and conviction of his spirit. That's God's job. Don't try to play God, okay? If you sense someone is hard-hearted and not open to correction, okay, Here, here's what we should do. We should be discerning, and if they don't want to hear about our correction, be ready to bite your tongue and walk away. And Lord, I'm going to keep praying for them. I'm going to pray that you'll open up their hearts, okay? He's talking to followers of Jesus, Christians. This is how and when we properly judge, okay? So you've dealt with your own sin. I, I've Heard from the Lord, I've got the log out of my eye, I've repented, and I'm right with the Lord, okay? And I'm clean, and now I can see clearly, and now clearly I have a brother, a sister, fellow believer, who's got sinful stuff in their eye, okay? And as you begin to talk to them about their sin, give me your eye, track with me, they start growling and snarling like a mean dog. You ever done that? You ever talked to somebody about something going on and now they're squealing and snorting like an angry pig? Okay, so what should you do when you're talking to somebody about sin and, and you've got clean eyes and you got the log out of your own? Okay, here's what most of us do. We just keep forcing truth down their throats. You will hear what I have to say. You're going to listen to what I'm about to And we force truth right down their throats. That's going to help. Not. Not everybody's going to be happy when we talk to them about sin, okay, in their eyes. He's saying be discerning. He's advising us 
Uh, when someone is not interested in hearing our pearls of biblical wisdom and advice, are you ready? Be quiet. Bite your tongue. Walk away and pray. Pray like crazy for that brother or sister. That in due time, they'll wake up and they'll come running home. Pray for them. Pray for them. I close with this story. A couple moved uh, to a new neighborhood. And the first morning living in their new home, they were eating breakfast at the table. And the wife looked out of her window and she saw her neighbor hanging her wash on the clothesline. Okay? Any of you still do that? Like to get it outside? Yeah, I see a few hands. Yeah. Uh, and she looked out the window and she said to her husband, that laundry looks dirty. <laughs> they must not know how to do laundry around here. They need better detergent. They, they might need a new washer or dryer. Uh, her husband just looked out the window and didn't say anything. First couple of weeks, every time the neighbor hung laundry out, the wife kept remarking, I can't believe they're hanging dirty laundry. What, why is she doing that? Okay. About a month later, uh, sitting down again at breakfast, uh, she looked out and she was surprised. The laundry was clean. It looked crisp. It looked bright. She called her husband. Hey, come over here. Uh, you got to look. They finally figured out how to do their laundry correctly. Husband replied, oh yeah, hon. I, I forgot to tell you, this morning I got up early and I washed and cleaned our windows. And so it is with life. What we see when watching other people often depends on the cleanliness and the purity of the window through which we look. The way we see and think of others depends greatly on the condition of our eyes, the condition of our hearts. If we don't see clearly, here's what Jesus said. If you're not seeing, you got the plank in your own eye, your judgments are going to be wrong. If our hearts are dirty, if our minds and our hands are not clean, if our lens is, is filthy, then you can't see anything with clear focus. As long as you got dirt going on in your own eye. We must first wrestle with our own sinfulness. I need to wrestle with Jeff's brokenness before I reach out to help somebody else out with their sin. That's first. I must acknowledge my own faults, my own weaknesses, my own failures. Way before I'm ready to attempt to help somebody else out with their faults and weaknesses, and failures. Church, before we start getting harsh and critical and judgy, we need to make sure our windows are clean. Make sure we've got the log out of our own eye. Why? Judge not, <laughs> lest ye be judged. Did you know that's aimed at the church? That's aimed at us. And, and Jesus is trying to teach us how to properly judge each other. Be careful. Be wise. Be discerning. 
Get your windows clean. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for caring enough about us as your kids that you want us to do it right. Show us, Lord, uh, search us, we ask. Where am I falling short? What sin is causing me not to see clearly around me? Where is it, Lord, that I'm being critical and harsh and judgy regarding those around me and the family? Speak, Lord. We're listening. Lord, the truth is we don't want to be hypocrites anymore. We, we all at times fail your eye exam. Truth is, every one of us at times, we've been more focused on the speck in somebody else's eye all the while we're ignoring the log in our own eye. Lord, help us to lead and live with love and grace and worry about the person in the mirror first and foremost long before we start worrying about somebody else. And if you're watching online or maybe here in person and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we're really glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching online. And you just heard what Jesus has to say to Jesus' followers who are also hypocrites and judgmental, okay? Here's what you need to know. Jesus hates hypocrisy too, just like you do. And when you see judgmentalism, judginess in those who claim to follow Jesus, you need to know they're not living as Jesus has instructed us to live. If you're interested in following Jesus, we've got a couple tools. Love to get in your hands. Got some back in the prayer corner. Uh, we've got a bridge track. We'd love to get in your hands. We've got a life book. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Uh, and it will help you get going in your walk with Christ. And uh, we'd love to get those in your hands. So if you're here today, make your way to the prayer corner. If you're watching online, um, here's what I'd say. If you'll hit the prayer button, guess what? We'll send you these two tools to help you get going and understand what it means to follow. We'll send it free of charge. You just got to tell us where to send it. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. Thank you for giving us clear instruction. Help us to follow your instruction manual well. It's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray all these things.